Welcome to Add to Party, a friendship simulator masquerading as a new show that runs every now and then. I'm your host, <laughs> James Hartwell, and I'm joined by Charles Jamat, and I'm joined by Andy Kay. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening, everyone. Yeah, we weren't here last week because I was crippled by food poisoning. <laughs> James, I hate to hear that. Yeah. Now, do you know the cause? Do you know the culprit? Abs- absolutely not. No oh. idea what caused it. Uh, actually, you know what? The the one idea that I have is mm. uh, the rainbow box of nerds. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on. How many? <laughs> Did well, you eat no, the whole I, rainbow? Well, you know, the rainbow box of nerds is the large box, right? It's like the no. theater, you know, the theater candy size box. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. I probably eat three-fourths of it. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> and my who stomach can hold went, you accountable when it's right next to you? Exactly. And my stomach went, who do you think you are? <laughs> <laughs> You're not but a don't worry. kid. But don't worry. I'm doing much better today. I had Mexican from a place that I've never had it from before. <laughs> Ooh, and how did that turn out? I mean, it's delicious. Okay, but good. But we'll see if I make it through this podcast. <laughs> That's true. You took the risk. Right now, you've been rewarded, and I'm happy yeah. you have another one on your list. That's right. Oh, they have Mexican. They have this thing called Mexican fries, which is basically just French fries with melted cheese and like taco toppings on top of it. It's this so sounds great. Oh, it's delicious. Um, was it like poutine? Was it like Mexican poutine? I mean, that's a good way to describe it. There's no gravy. I feel but... like that's insensitive. I feel like that. <laughs> But still, that's fusion, Andy. It's fusion. <laughs> Thanks for saving me. That's fusion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's it. Uh, you know, I'm doing okay. Uh, James, I give you permission to show the uh, d- the quick dinner I had, uh, but uh, just came from a, a different ramen shop today. Uh, ate uh, ramen with extra noodles and chicken karage, and uh, it all turned out real good. Uh, the only problem that's it, and it's not really a problem. It's just it's just not my <laughs> preference. Is uh, their their noodle uh, textures wasn't the same as other places, so uh, and therefore worthless to you. Well, well, I throw it I away. I would say that it, the only time I encountered this type of noodle and its texture is when they have it handmade, uh, rather than uh, well. If they, they don't order it from someplace, they're making it themselves in-house. Mm-hmm. If they're using a certain like noodle-making machine. I, um, I will say uh, I, I like the egg in, in the ramen. Uh, I have this picture up. Podcast listeners, just imagine a delicious bowl of ramen. And mm. what I have to say, the crunchiest-looking uh, fried chicken that I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Yeah, and and to be honest with you, the the thing about karage, which is nice, is because they use potato starch to fry, it does look super crunchy. It's not. Oh, it's, it's well, no, no, no. That's the thing I I prefer. It's Aww. not about it's not about this extra crunch. It's like uh, it's very tender inside. The sure. meat is really good and tender, and it's uh, easily chewable, rather than like this you having uh, like forty percent batter. And sixty percent chicken. It's all chicken. That's what oh, you I see right there. It's all chicken all the way down. Mm-hmm. And so I ate all that, and then I ran uphill home. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, I'm I'm doing well to podcast. I'm not moving much to uh, keep me uh, sane. 
<laughs> I, I, you're in the, the podcast position. Yes. <laughs> Firmly. What about you, Andy? What'd you have for dinner? I let's bring the show down to depressing this. <laughs> well, I had mac and cheese, but nothing I wrong had, with that. No, 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 no. I had these boxes laying around for a while, but I didn't have milk to make it. But you know what I did have? Okay. Heavy cream. Oh, so <laughs> you you've unlocked what I like to call super mac and cheese. <laughs> I did. As I made it, it was so creamy. I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. This is a gamble. This is dangerous. So much, though, that I started to cut in water because I was like, I'm too scared. Yeah. And so it turned out pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good mac and cheese. Although the flavor wasn't really there. So I tried to punch it up with just like some pepper. And then I didn't really taste the pepper. And then I was like, well, how old are these pepper things what are they seeds pods i don't know and then i realized i think it's been in there for six months and then i realized how often do you change your pepper pods in your mill is that something you change i get disposable mills oh i i went try hard and i bought like one of those nice wooden mills and i bought the tiny one but the pepper pods are still in there and i don't know how long to keep pepper pods I don't know. I think I'm going to throw it away. I think they went they're, stale. They're, they're called peppercorns, Andy. Just to... <laughs> I was like, is he? I <laughs> it's I either pepper assuming... pods or pepper seeds. That's I was I assuming he was talking about something completely different. <laughs> like, the peppercorns. Like, is well, this a new tool? <laughs> no. Andy was, Andy was grinding up cardamom to put into his. That's uh, what it was. <laughs> That's Oh, I should add some cayenne. So that was my journey today. Um, and it was pretty good. Uh, just like your Mexican gamble, uh, I had a heavy cream gamble, and we'll see how I do. I'll, I'll be very honest with you, Andy. I have I have done that, and just one to one heavy cream to the to milk. Sure. In on the recipe, and let me tell you, it's a great time. Oh yeah, your heart but... your heart calls out in pain, but you just push that down with more <laughs> mac and cheese. That's every meal I eat. <laughs> It's my body telling me no, but every other force in nature saying yes. So I'm feeling good. Thanks for supporting my decision, the encouragement. Um, and I look forward to see how I feel in an hour. Well, you know who isn't feeling good? Oh, oh, my gosh. Who? People who wanted a Switch Pro. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. Here's the thing, James. I know uh-huh. you were very excited about this idea, the idea of well, a Switch me... Pro. Well, yes. And essentially what we got, instead of upgraded hardware, right, enabling maybe better frame rates or, you know, better graphics, we just got a better screen and a better kickstand. And, and uh, a land port in the dock. Oh, but, there we go. And, and improved speakers. But here, let me run this down. So last okay, week, which who's is using their onboard speakers. Okay. Well, People if you're using it in handheld mode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Plug in some headphones, you goof. And, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> so, so last week, this would have been the topic of the show had I not had I not been bed uh, bedridden on Wednesday. Mm. Last Tuesday, I believe, uh, fresh off uh, Independence Day, uh, the Switch freed us uh nintendo freed us from the dependence of switch pro rumors by announcing the switch oled edition 
God, Nintendo, you're just the worst at naming things. <laughs> oh, uh, is that what it called it? It's the OLED. It is, it's the yeah. it's Switch OLED model. Oh. Uh, the the switch I OLED don't see model the problem that perfectly describes what it is. Yeah, it's that's very true. I mean, <laughs> that's very, that's very, very true. true. The words of a very lazy Nintendo marketing chief that's trying <laughs> to get away on vacation. Like, ah, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> man. <laughs> I get this done. I'm gonna go see the Olympics because I'm the only one who can. Uh, <laughs> No, uh, so the upgrade features of the Switch OLED edition is uh, an obviously a 7-inch OLED screen. So the Switch has kind of some fairly thick bezels on it that have now stretched out basically to the edges of the, the Switch proper and uh, switching from an LCD screen to OLED. If you're unfamiliar with OLED, it stands for Organic Light Emitting Diodes. Um, the main benefit of it being that it makes really good blacks because it doesn't illuminate to create black. It can turn pixels on and off. So basically to make a black, it just turns the pixel off and you get a really rich black because there's no light. Um, the Vita it's had also a little screen and the Vita hmm? had a beautiful screen. Was it OLED? Yeah, the original huh. Vita was OLED. And then when, when they huh. cut the cost, they, they moved to a backlight. Oh, yeah, because... They're, they were expensive as hell. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, now they're now they're becoming uh, pretty standard. Um, it, as as we were also joking about, it has uh, some improved speakers. Uh, it has an improved kickstand. It has a new dock that uh, that uh, has a integrated wi- uh, LAN port, which is the first Nintendo device in existence to have that. I think question mark need citation, um, and also. Uh, it comes in with a all white edition, kind of off white a little bit. It looks nice, and the classic nice. red and blue for three ninety nine. Oh, it's a hundred dollars more, or was it three fifty? It might have been three fifty. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's coming in at three fifty. That's right, because it's fifty dollars cheaper than the PS PS five digital. Um, so yeah, everyone was kind of, and this includes uh, no hardware improvements. Uh, the only thing would be that it's using the revision they did about two years ago. So if you have a launch switch, like I do, and I'm assuming you do as well, Charles. Yep. Yeah. This you get a slightly better CPU that has better battery life. But that's about it. <laughs> also, Nintendo's trailer once again showing us just the best situations. My favorite. The man's so excited to play Pokemon that he sits in his entryway as soon as he gets home (laughs) instead of going 10 feet to a chair that's right behind. (laughs) I read a conspiracy that it was um, digitally modified from him being on a toilet. Or maybe it's just (laughs) it's just trying to elicit the image of playing on the toilet because no one gets home and sits in the hallway. Not a single person. Yeah. It's true, um, but you know what? You know what? What I see every day, no matter every time I dine in at a restaurant that recently followed state restrictions, that's it. Those nice new couples that sit down, order food, and all, over drinks decide, you know what? Let's play some Switch right now, babe. <laughs> and then they lean in, turn that val- volume on max because they don't want to use headphones. Yep. <laughs> and use that and use those built-in speakers. So everyone can hear those better built-in speakers. Uh, oh yeah, that is a, also a noticeable miss on Nintendo's part that 
Bluetooth audio not included in this as well. Wait, it, what? It bothers me. That should just be a thing now. It's in yeah. so many devices. <laughs> yeah, still no Bluetooth audio. Oh my god. Um, so obviously everyone who is expecting an upgraded Switch, i.e. me, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> most of games media, and anyone who pays attention to games media, a little disappointed. You could also see why Nintendo put this up the day after a national holiday in America at like... 8 a.m. Eastern time, I think. <laughs> they really kind of wanted to bury the lead on that. Yeah. Hmm. Here's the thing. Okay, question. Should they have bothered? Should they have bothered? Or should well, they just have upgraded it at the $300 price mark? Like, this is our second wave of switches. Well, here's the thing I kind of see, and I, I, I haven't necessarily seen a lot of takes like this, but... What I see this is is Nintendo starting a manufacturing line for their OLED screens and then kind of ramping down the LCD screen manufacturing line. So mm. the Switch Pro, you will probably see, this is my guess, <laughs> when they announce the Switch Pro, because it's still going to happen. Sure. Let's be very clear here. It's it's going to be tied to the Breath of the Wild 2. And it will oh, happen sure. when Breath of, Wild, Breath of the Wild 2 happens. Um you will see that announced maybe at the same time as a Switch Lite with an OLED screen mm. as well. And then they can kind of ramp down this LCD display manufacturing line. So this is kind of step one, because I would expect the Switch Pro to continue this form factor. So really what you're going to have is a Switch that looks exactly the same as the one that we currently have, but it's going to have better guts. They just can't get those right now because of the silicon shortage. That's interesting. I kind of like that because this feels like a decision of logistics, right? Yeah. It's like not that much better, like almost to the point of like, why even bother again? But like you said, yeah, if they're making the transition and if they're bringing it maybe in house, I don't know the type of manufacturing. Okay. Sam, Samsung's sense. making their, uh, their Oh, OLED is it? Games. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we've listed all these reasons why it's dumb and you shouldn't buy it, and I will be saying I will be pre-ordering it the second <laughs> it comes to. Are you going to sell your other one, or is like GameStop going to do a trade-in or something? I might, I might, I might uh, give it to my girlfriend. But okay, sure. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of like the thing of it is, I have been playing in handheld mode more, like a monster. especially with the advent of Mario Golf, which I still like. <laughs> um, I just still find myself like, I'm going to squeeze in a quick 18 holes. Um, (laughs) Just a quick. Yeah. And I've noticed that a quick 18 holes usually takes about half of the battery life. (gasps) And yeah, as you remember, I'm on a launch switch that I bought in a ball parking lot for an extra hundred dollars because I was a sucker and didn't (laughs) pre-order it. Um, Not making that mistake again. Uh, But but yeah, I I see this as kind of like a little holdover for me, right? To get like... I, I want to keep playing these games. I want to play them in handhold, this handheld, especially as we start traveling again, right? I would like my Switch to have a slightly better. And I can already hear the voices of just buy a battery pack. And I'm like, that's great. And I have those, but they do kind of make the Switch unwieldy. Well, you have to plug them in the bottom. Yeah. And so it just makes it, it's all awkward. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What about either of you going to bite on this? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're you're like a hundred percent docked, right? I'm a hundred percent docked, except for Celeste. I can't play that in dock. Interesting. It's it's. I have to like put my face right up to the screen. I don't know. What but, about you, Charles? 
Nope, not at all. It's just uh, I, and here's the thing. I I I can't buy something like I can't buy extra hardware knowing a future better hardware is coming out. <laughs> Isn't that all hardware? Not not like this, right? Where you go, gee, well, let's we could get this, you know, OLED model, and then think to yourself, yeah, but a pro is going to come very soon. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, like you know, they didn't give us a. And they the keep saying 2022 for Breath of the Wild 2. Uh-huh. I, it's I could really realistically see this going March 2023 Breath of the Wild 2 switch, which is exactly how they launched the original. It was it launched in March. Yeah. Mm. Well, the other important part here is that it's not like I used my Switch too often. It's fair. So, like, I think I play one game on my Switch a year to completion. Metroid Dread. Right, that could be the one this year. <laughs> they have a pretty good lineup of games coming out this year, actually. Yeah, but like, they're just not for me. <laughs> Let's see about that. Hold on here. Let me bring up the list. Still no Bayonetta. <laughs> Where's Bayonetta? Let's just give me a real. teaser gameplay. I just want to see the gameplay. Does Bayonetta have a new hairstyle? I don't know. I'd like also to uh, Skyward Sword HD comes out Friday oh. uh, tomorrow if you're listening on the podcast and it's yeah I'm looking forward to that apparently it's really good like they've actually they put in a lot of work to make it not miserable um, I don't know if you've been seeing the trailers that have been coming out but every time it's like we removed this piece that you hated we removed that piece that you hated <laughs> <laughs> so it's just a lot of like streamlining the game and getting rid of a lot of the bullshit which that's what people hated about Skyward Sword, the motion controls and the bullshit. I loved Skyward Sword, even in its original form. I absolutely loved it. I even <sighs> liked the motion controls, but I'll agree with Fee. She was annoying. Charles, you know, I'm looking at this list now of games that are coming out. You know what's so fucking sad? What? WarioWare Get It Together comes out right after PAX. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the rudeness. I- I know, right? (laughs) The perfect time to have a party game for us to play together (laughs) does not have it. Well, don't worry. We can play Mario Party. That's true. That still exists. Yeah. Well, remember, that's Super Mario Mario Party Superstars. That's also coming out. Yeah. Uh, Let's see what else is coming out here. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Troy Dread. That was the other one. Uh, yeah. Everything to enjoy on your OLED screen. Well, I mean, there's the Pokemon remakes, but, mm, you know. Well, and all the other great games that exist. Yeah. I'm happy that it's right for you, James. I, I think it's just, you know, I like I said, I've, I've put in a lot of good work on that Switch, and it's what? It came out in 2017, so it's four years old. Yeah, if over it's four a years heavy old. machine and you're primarily in handheld, I don't see a reason or problem upgrading to an OLED yeah. screen. They really are beautiful. Yeah, like, and, and yeah. also, right, it's not these a marginal are, upgrade. If I was on a Gen 2 Switch, I probably would not make this jump, but on a Gen 1, there's, you know, I'll get the extra battery life, the mm-hmm. better CPU. It's probably, it makes sense for me. Anybody in a Gen 2 Switch, it makes absolutely no sense to upgrade, just wait. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that screen. Well, I. Uh, well, you know what everyone is excited about. Ooh, I want to be excited about it too. Final Fantasy fourteen. Oh, that's right. Yup, yup, yup. 
Yeah, the story of Final Fantasy XIV popping off continues this week, where the digital version sold out on Square Enix's store. Uh, you can get on the waiting list right now. I don't know if I don't think that's been resolved yet. I think it's still sold out. Here, let's check. Uh, I literally never did I ever think that could be a thing. I mean, I've, I've for, seen that happen before. Really, the digital version it, being sold out. It's, it was still on. <clears throat> oh, my voice just cracked really badly. <laughs> it's still on sale on Steam and the and the PlayStation Store. You can still get it there. Okay. But on the Square Enix Store, they ran out, which is kind of funny considering they make the damn game. That's interesting. Yeah. But well, that's great. All the success to them. I love it. I've been hearing two reasons behind it. The one yeah. being everybody hates WoW now. Um, and then number two, I guess some cool guy streamer streamed it and he had like a hundred thousand people watching. Am I exaggerating that or was it 10,000? Uh, uh, no, he, he broke over a hundred thousand. Um, but, um, and okay. Asmo gold is a, uh, streamer with a, a colored past in the wow community. Um, does he now have like an Ubisoft past? Uh, it does. It does look like you can now download the 14 online complete edition. Oh God! <laughs> you, can buy, you can buy it on the Square Enix store now. Everyone buy. Now, well, what has this Asmoroth guy done? Uh, well, he's uh, an internet personality, Andy. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, I uh, I didn't care enough about it. Like, uh, if I recall, Asmon A S M O N G O L D. Asmon mm. Gold and just Asma Gold to make it easier uh, was a, a person from WoW uh, who one he 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 tried hard a lot which is fine whatever right but he was also a very trolly person when he tried hard mm. right and, and grief a lot in grief people uh, well, that's troll, not nice. troll people do whatever and uh, also he does not uh, moderate his community mm. so. Uh, a personality that gets famous for messing with people and causing a lot of trouble and being toxic and then doesn't moderate his community can get real big real easily because it just pulls in a lot more people who like seeing people that mess with them. Yeah. Yeah. You have, you have people who like watching him and you have people who hate watch him. Uh Oh, I'm getting worried now. Well, yeah. (laughs) So, uh, so it's been really interesting about the 14 thing because a lot of people have been trying to, to get him to play Final Fantasy fourteen for years, just years. And he, every time he's just like, I don't want to play. I'm not interested or whatever. And then uh, finally, uh, a few weeks ago, he was like, you know what? I'm going to try 14. And, you know, you know, told everybody about, it, you know, hey, on this date, I'm going to play 14 for the first time. And uh, and people were like, oh, we'll see how that goes. And along with that is a. Uh, uh, a recent uh, Blizzard's recent release on their uh, let's say current WoW storyline and things going on in their current expansion. Now, this does not count with WoW Class- Classic, which is uh, people still like playing WoW Classic. But WoW's recent storyline uh, is not good, and I'm sure we're going to go over that later. So uh, the next story. Yep, growing <laughs> discontent with that and people unhappy with it. Um, and and with and Asmo Gold just going like you know what I'll try this and then so he gets a big audience people go oh you know what that's not that bad and seeing his genuine like he has genuine reactions to things he's he, and 
Andy, I say he trolled and stuff like that when he became popular all those years ago. Um, he's mellowed out okay. a little bit more over the previous years. Uh, but, uh, you know, people saw him and the 14 community is a good community in general that, you know, so they were there to make things fun when he, when he joined the server, there was a lot, there was like hundreds of people actually in game griefing him too, though, which is, which was, uh, so what some people came to watch anyways, which is interesting, but you know, with that many eyes, there's going to be an understandable amount of people that will go, you know what? Final Fantasy XIV does have a free trial up to level 60 uh, all the way through their critically acclaimed uh, expansion, Heavensward, and uh, unlimited free trial. So you know what? Why can't I just download it and play it right now? And so with the good free trial, a reasonably good first impression, uh, and every, you know, and all this talk about WoW being so bad, you, pu- you pull all these people in, which is good. Uh, and it's kind of funny when you uh, watch people or you like take a look at the trend on Twitch and stuff like that to see how many people are watching Final Fantasy 14. Cause not gonna lie, it's not that fun to watch people play MMOs. Like while in the- Incredibly wow, boring. Yeah, while wow rarely gets like interesting numbers to, for people to watch. 14 too, not because it's a boring game, but just because MMOs in general are just like, oh, let me watch these people play story or do raid. And then the streamer themselves are too busy dealing with that to really mm-hmm. like entertain the audience, which is like half the fun of a stream, right? But you know, this was a big event. Asma Gold finally going. I'll give it a shot. Genuinely liking it, which is nice. Um, and you know, it's whatever. the The funny part I I find is a, uh, and this has always been a joke with the Final Fantasy fourteen community, is a. Uh, they always have to defend 14. They're, Final Fantasy 14 <laughs> players have a chip on their shoulder. Right? They have something to prove every time. They're sure. just like... <laughs> well, because they're, they're not just, wow. Yeah, and they have to be like... Because, you know, the general populace tends to do this thing. Uh, Andy's our biggest... Uh, is our, actually our biggest perpetrator of this. Oh, probably. I don't know what it is. Uh, you, you know, take the... Put your... Put your hand in the water for the general uh, temperature, what you're feeling, and just assume that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so yep. If people see WoW as the biggest thing and everyone says, look at this other MMO, they go, it's not WoW. Yep. And go, who plays that game? You know, that's the type of thing. Mm-hmm. So 14 people are always so defensive. They're like, ha, no, it's good. Really? <laughs> and then, really? And then people are, you know, people come out of the woodwork to support 14. Like, see, take that. Wow. And that, that's their thing. But uh, I've, I've never actually liked that attitude personally. Sure. Um, granted, the other way is actually very wrong, right? You shouldn't just, you know, not give things, give something a shot just because you go, you know, just because you're listening to public opinion. Like, actually, you know, do your own research, right? But um there's there's something to be said about being confident in your work that you don't have to say anything (laughs) you know when you're finally ahead right you're just like yeah i'm good and that's why i'm right here Mm -hmm. but i don't you know it's you know kind of it's close to being like a sore winner and even now i'm not even going to really call it winning uh this 14 is just getting some uh, recognition that the community felt like they never really got Mm mm-hmm but you know, it's a good, it's a good thing. Uh, if if anything, uh, you either hope that 
for WoW people, maybe they hope and say, okay, this should be a wake-up call for WoW. Or they go to 14 and go, you know what? I've been having a great time in 14. Or something else, you know, whatever. Well, uh, guess what? Go for it. It's not a wake-up call to WoW because it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely terrible. Let's get in on this shit. <laughs> this so... burning house that dogs yeah. are picking on and shitting in. I actually <laughs> so, read... Oh, go ahead. Well, here, uh, the spoilers for the latest WoW expansion, if you care about such a thing. <laughs> um, but, eh. Uh, I mean, I, I think, Charles, you as well, we've kind of... We've stopped playing WoW for a good amount of time now, but we've still kind of like popped our head in and watched whenever they release the uh, the cutscenes from raids or for the uh, for the expansions and things like that, just to stay with the story because we have a mild attachment to the world. I think you would agree, right? Yep, yep, fair, fair. Uh, but man, they really just uh, <laughs> took a stinky old shit on top of the narrative there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm going to try to condense the sound without just talking about lore for 15 minutes. But essentially, Sylvanas Windrunner, you know, uh, <clears throat> basically waifu of WoW. I think that's a fair way to describe her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Basically, uh, you know, kind of an evil, undead, banshee lady. Uh, she became leader of the Horde, which is the, you know, the monster clan, Horde Pride. Um and then for the horde, for the horde. Yeah, <laughs> no. uh, yeah. She became leader of the horde, made the horde evil, burned down the great tree of the elves. Then said she was doing this all for a reason. We find out the reason is that she made a deal with essentially Satan. <laughs> um, and this leads into this expansion Shadowlands we are right now, where they go into the afterlife. Um, which is split up into this whole weird cast system of separate layers. It's not worth talking about. Um, so she's working with Satan to to end the cycle of life and death because it's unjust and whatever, blah, 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 blah. So she's helping the Satan character, and then he finally gets his thing and goes, yes, I have all this power. I, I, can, I can control everybody. Everyone will serve me. And then she goes, no, I won't serve you. And it's like, Bitch, what did you think was gonna happen? <laughs> yeah. This exactly. this is also also this guy essentially was the person who created the uh the Lich King. He created the Helm of Domination, right? Or did he create Frostmourne? One or the other, I can't remember. No. No, uh, both of those should have been made by uh the Burning Legion. But it, I think this has been retconned by this expansion. Yeah. 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 He it, the, I think the runes on Foss, Frostmourne come from this guy. I think that's how it works. Like I said, I pay a passing attention to this right now. And I think a lot... And so what's happened, you know, there's a lot more to it, obviously, than that very glib, uh, glib re recollection that I just gave. But basically, the WoW communities went, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is very closely approaching the straw that broke the camel's back in terms of people... You know, between Final Fantasy, as we talked about, Final Fantasy's rise and, frankly, good story as as far as everything that I hear. Absolutely incredible. Wow. Yeah. Uh, wow is continuing to shit out storylines of, like, good person, bad, bad person, now good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and it's just so funny because um, 
there's a lot to be said about character, uh, like reader or audience expectation for a story. Because in good storytelling, you're setting, you know, you know, even in a place, a setting where there's magic and all this other stuff, you're setting up rules and like character motivations and all this other stuff. And the way all these people just discard their old motivations and pick up new ones and all this like uh, foreshadowing of other plans and like grand ideas. And then the reveal is it's an awful idea and doesn't work is so <laughs> quick and too often that you're just like, is anybody like reading or double checking this script? That's like, like it's, it's very uh, sad just because, um, one of the original problems people had with Sylvanas becoming a bad person was they're like, wait, we did this already. They're, in a previous expansion, the leader of the Horde becomes bad and everyone betrays and dethrones them and then they replace him with a new leader. So and then it happened again, literally two, <laughs> two expansions later. <laughs> it happened again and everyone was trying to be like, hey, this is happening again. We don't want that. And the the staff from Blizzard were just like, hold on, hold on. It's not going to be somewhere. It's going to go somewhere. It's exactly as everyone said it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> and that is uh, that is absolutely very sad and disappointing for oh, all the people. Also, also uh, we're, we're playing the trailer in the background. Or not the trailer, the, the cutscene in the background right now. And um, the other just astoundingly confusing decision is that Satan character. Uh, basically, Sylvanas tries to kill him <laughs> because she has one of her characteristic chains of hearts. And then he goes, hey, well, you did help me. Here's your soul back and then leaves. <laughs> <laughs> and also he had all the heroes, you know, basically uh, the raid party plus like, you know, the the big narrative characters that usually join you were in were enchained and stuck. And he goes, Eh, but later it just leaves he could have killed everyone in that moment but just decides to leave so there's a little bit of idiot ball going on as well where it's just like yeah but we have to fight me in another raid so i gotta go <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh, you know and there's just too much of that there's too much of this like we're not we don't have time to properly write things out and give things uh give this proper development we're just gonna <laughs> quickly change all these story beats and do whatever. And like, yeah, it's just like even people that don't necessarily care and they just like popcorn. This doesn't even make sense for any of that audience. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's me and you, right? Charles. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh boy. Also rewatching the cinematic too. I'm still like, man, these cinematics look good. <laughs> yeah. They got the wild team has gotten really good with what their limitations are and still make these like in-game model cinematics real good. Like, yeah. But okay. So. That's what I just don't understand. Like a game like WoW, as I understand still the number one paid subscription yep. MMO yep. with all the resources and talent it could want or ever need and it it does this, right? It makes this remember- type of script. I have to remember it. They're owned by Activision, which, as we discussed in a previous episode, uh, Warzone, Warzone, Warzone. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's true. So, yeah, I, I mean, just, mm-hmm. I don't understand. I had the same thing. Like, I remember when Disney bought Star Wars. I don't have a real allegiance to Star Wars, but I just saw it as Disney money 
being able to support Star Wars and bring it into like the 21st century or whatever. Although was it already whatever? Um, but I was like Disney money. They've built this incredible Marvel universe. They're gonna do right by Star Wars. They have the money to not screw up. And then we get the new Star Wars movie. <laughs> and it's like, how does that much money and talent, how does that produce that? And it produces this. I, I do remember an interview with J.J. Abrams recently goes, yeah, we should have planned out all three movies, shouldn't we? I, I, <laughs> that doesn't make sense to me how that could have even happened. Like, I don't know anything about anything, but I know that if you're going to be spending billions of dollars on a trilogy, you plan it out. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Kevin, Kevin Feige is over there uh, playing 4D chess. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. I don't know. It's just so disappointing. And then it makes you realize as you get older, you realize all these people like leading these big, expensive, important projects. Everybody's an idiot. Right. These people aren't in those positions because they're smart or not all of them, I should say. Some of these people are extremely talented. And as I understand, all those people left. <laughs> Blizzard. <laughs> um, yeah, you just have to remember, Andy, the, the biggest lesson you can learn is about becoming an adult is that there are no adults. There's yeah, just large that's children. the way to put it. There's no adults. <laughs> yeah. And just uh, idiots can run big, important things. <laughs> and often. Oftentimes they do. Yeah. Thanks, Jim Ryan. Turning down Kojima. Ya goof. But and now <laughs> yeah. we get this wow thing. And I uh, read this really interesting like breakdown of the events. It was like made for non wow players. And it basically hit what you said, but it also tried it kept it kept repeating that they're like, guys, this has been this has been going for like ten years. Right. They're like, it, it's not that I'm just describing this over like a year. This is 10 years of buildup. Us constantly telling Blizzard this sounds dumb. And Blizzard keeps saying, oh, just you wait. <laughs> like, oh, we're good. It's going to be good. Oh, we're planning this out. We're, you know, 4D chess. And then it ends up as this. And her yeah. way to fight back is to shoot an arrow at Satan. Uh, <laughs> like. Uh, to just, be fair, okay. Also, Andy, also, she it's shot, like uh, Satan. Yeah, she, <laughs> she shot a, a magical Satan-powered arrow at Satan. Okay, just so you understand. So wait, but can a Satan arrow kill Satan? No. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you oh. think that, Andy? It's powered by Satan. Oh, Why would also, his own oh. power can be used against him? I don't know because it's super strong. <laughs> I, oh. That's her retaliation. It's also, so Andy, stupid. he had just evolved from regular Satan into Mega Satan. So, <laughs> and Mega Satan's going down with an arrow when I'm sure it was a raid party that took to get there to try to yeah. kill him. I don't know. Yep. Yep. But yep, yep. I it's this is bad. Come on, you know, guys. You know what's you know what's not bad though, but also kind of is what <laughs> Persona's 25th anniversary <laughs> website had launched. Why is so this bad? bad. Perso- Hold on, we'll get there. So Persona uh, is celebrating its 25th anniversary this September. Mm -hmm. And as a part of that, they are announcing a year of Mm. Persona announcements. Mm -hmm. So the first of which will be uh, this September. And then the last of which will be autumn 2022. (laughs) And I think they said there's seven new projects. No, 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 no. Well... 
seven announcements. Oh, okay. I would not read. I would not read that into that there are seven game announcements. I imagine there will be some merchandise and yeah. anime in there. You know. And you know what was? If, could you scroll up to the top again? Sure. There is. They announced the total lifetime sales of Persona, and I think it was like thirteen million. 17, Fifteen million. How many copies did Final Fantasy uh, fifteen sell? Like, Find did that, that sell fifteen million? Well, let me see. I I think Persona is absolutely fantastic. Don't get me uh, wrong. Fifteen has sold eight point nine million units. Okay, so you know about two Final Fantasies versus you know an entire twenty five years of a franchise. Granted, it didn't really blow up until four. But yeah, I was I'm gonna say, still it, amazed that this game series is only sitting at 15 mil. I, I would I would bet that five and four are probably carrying the weight of that 15 million. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Persona one. I was looking goes for three hundred dollars right now. No, six hundred. I lied. It's going for six hundred dollars right now. Six six fifty seven hundred. I got to get a bid in. The pandemic has <laughs> messed up game prices. I have no idea what's going on. Um, but yeah, yeah six hundred bucks for Persona one. But Andy, the, the the team at Atlas may have tipped their hand about something. Oh, what? So if you see here in the Persona 25th anniversary logo, oh. it goes in colors, right? And and red being the last color, which is associated with the last game, mm-hmm. Persona 5, and then white. And you might say, well, that's just narrative. That's just, you know, color design and mm. graphic design. Mm. No! Huh? No? No. The Persona 20th anniversary had a similar graphic which i didn't prepare and i now have to get um but it had the similar thing and red was the last color in it so this is probably hinting that white will be the uh the theme color for persona 6 another persona yeah of course we are (laughs) i honestly i walked away from five happy perfectly happy with the experience and just thought to myself i never need another persona like (laughs) persona 5 was so big and great and grand and so uh, stylistic and 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 wonderful i just thought there's no way to top this i i think this is great i don't need another one i want that team to take that creativity and make another you know catherine or something they're they're so talented that they can do so many other things um that's it before yeah, i uh that's it andy let me uh let me just do something before we get too far mm. away uh so the significance on that whole color scheme thing for people that aren't in the know is that the persona games tend to have one main color that stands as it's that tries to follow itself throughout the game so uh for instance persona 5 it was red uh and persona 4 it was gold and i think persona 3 was blue yeah, it was kind of bluish, like the menu design. I don't yeah. remember Persona 2 having a color. Persona 2 just looked like Shimigami Tensei some more. <laughs> right. So, um, so yeah, uh, Atlas tends to be really good at keeping those color schemes and follow them around. Even their special editions of each game is normally uh, subtitled by its color. So Persona 4 was golden and Persona 5 was royal, uh, which I believe is a... a that is a valid shade of a red, but anyway, yep. and here's uh, the uh, here's the picture of the 20th anniversary, and you can see the similar kind of line design, and then it ends at red. Oh, good call! And also, this character has heart shapes over her breasts for some reason. 
Japan. I just, you know, it's that artist. He's great. Yeah. I forgot his name, but he's great. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I'd be curious because, you know, Red, you know, the Persona 5 had a very heavy and ominous. Uh, it, it was a I don't I didn't I haven't still played through Persona 4. I, I know it involves murders. <laughs> um, so it, I, I can't imagine it's not so happy go lucky light. But I think Red uh, or excuse me, 5 had a pretty heavy atmosphere a lot of the mm-hmm. time. And oh, yeah. having and having white as the main theme color kind of invokes this almost lightness to it. And I wonder if that will come across in the game. I mean, I, I, I think there's a, there's, I agree though, that the, that the color schemes can also lend towards its themes, but Mm -hmm. I, you know, I think there's a lot, there could be some negatives towards uh, the lighter color, you know, for instance, it could like with red, it kind of had this is interesting (laughs) uh, to, to really uh, condense it. uh, Adults suck. Uh, for in yeah, that's basically uh, the theme of but the what was it? What was what was the thing they kept saying? Those uh, those damned adults, like no good adults. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, and you know, and white as a color, I I think you know some of the other emotions you could feel from it are like emptiness, right? So mm-hmm. you, you could definitely have some sort of theme towards that, and you know, this is all just speculation, but yeah. You know, I'm sure there's a way you could negatively spin it that they could that the protagonist could be fighting over that nothing but a plucky band of young mm-hmm. Japanese teenagers can handle. My uh, mind goes to like like white. I think of just like purity or something, and then my mind goes to like religion. So I would love it if like the teens try to tackle you know some type of faith organization, and I don't think in every one of them you kill God, but they could kill God at the end of this. Well, yeah, That'd be def- interesting. I mean, I, I was not where I was expecting the story of Persona Five to go, but the, yeah. you went there. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's I mean a JRPG cliche, but yeah. um, uh, attack and dethrone God. Yeah, right. So I'd be cool with that. And I a mean, God the other ones are bonus. heavily, much more dripped in. I don't know if you call them religious themes, but um, also I would I would almost half expect female protagonist based cool. on the last two being male. Yeah, yeah. The that's second fair. was female. Well, I mean, they did the a good first, job with the second. Uh, the second I'd say they did. Uh, what was what's her name? The the add in character for Royal. I don't know. Starts uh, with the Oh gosh, I. Yeah. You figured out, Charles. Uh, she she kind of acted almost as a a deuteret, uh, a, a deutotagonist. What is um, that? Kasumi. Kasumi, I was close. I knew the K. Uh, yeah, she basically it means a side protagonist, right? Oh. Joker was the protagonist, but Kasumi also had a lot of like scenes to herself. Okay. And I think she did a very good job. So I wonder if that was Atlas testing the waters for people liking a female protagonist. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past them to to do that. I think in three, when they released the PSP version, they added a female protagonist that could be chosen. Mm-hmm. Um, but they yeah. also uh, three was. Weird. I think that's why that graphic has the both of them. Yeah, I think that was the two. female, and then Persona Two, I believe, was split into two parts, and uh, we only got the second part, which I think was called like Innocent Sin. I forgot what the first part was called. Mm-hmm. But and then the first one, which goes for six hundred dollars, for some yeah. some reason. Here outside, outside, uh, uh, outside guests takes place in a beach town surfing school (laughs) (laughs) well yeah you have to choose a town you gotta carve that sweet white foam in 
I support it. A surfing school. Yeah. I think it's going to be a religious school. I think it's going to be about religion. Yeah, that could make sense. Like a parochial school. Japanese does have some of the Japanese does have a fairly strong religious sentiment. Oh, no, it's going to be about the Christian God. They're going to go full in. What a, what a monster. <laughs> exactly. I think in the very first Shin Megami Tensei, I remember I played it, like the NES one. I think one of the very first things you fight is Jesus on a cross. <laughs> like, it, it, <laughs> oh, at least it was, it was something on a cross. Because I remember it was like a first-person thing, blah, blah, blah. So they're not afraid to go there. So I am I am convinced, yep, it is the Christian God. And, and we wonder, kill in the and we wonder why it's taken so long to get Persona in the West. Yeah, uh, <laughs> fifteen. Million. Uh, so, <clears throat> Charles, Dandy, did you have anything else you want to talk about Persona? Or no, it's just I didn't need another one. I kind of wish the team was doing something else, but um, five absolutely delivered. So I'm sure they're going to do good work. So mm-hmm. we'll take that silence. I want another Charles. Catherine. Come on, guys. No, Catherine's just, weird. Catherine's excellent uh andy hmm have you seen black widow yet no do you care about spoilers i don't at all good 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 (laughs) have you seen loki no do you care about spoilers not in a bit good 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 good. (laughs) for those of you who do we're gonna talk about spoilers for black widow and loki for the rest of the podcast so bye (laughs) uh yeah so marvel had a great weekend slash week with Black Widow coming out this past uh, Friday and oh. Loki just finishing today as of this recording. And uh, both excellent. I mean, Loki better than Black Widow, actually, which is surprising because it's a TV series other than a movie. But uh, Black Widow, also a very enjoyable time. Uh, Loki basically setting up the entirety of Phase 4 for Marvel. Every Spider-Man, No Way Home, uh, <laughs> Multiverse of Madness, Ant-Man, Quantumania, all of this basically will hinge off Loki. So guess you better watch it. Oh, <laughs> was Spider-Man in it? No. no. Oh. So the uh, the rumors around Spider-Man based on the casting, because they're getting like everyone from the old movies, is that there's going to be a lot of multiverse aspect in No Way Home with Peter kind of getting trapped in other Spider-Man's, you know, uh, multiverses. Oh, okay. So you see Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. Oh, I feel like I heard about that. Yeah. Yep. Andrew Garfield is the one that no one liked, right? Andrew Garfield was a good Spider-Man, but a bad Peter Parker. Tobey Maguire was a good Peter Parker, but a bad Spider-Man. Okay. What's the consensus on the new one? Not bad. I, I think, think he's funny. I, I think he's done nothing to really uh, offend anybody because yeah. I think he does a, he does a, a a good job right as a as a, a fully grown adult man portraying a teenager that is awkward. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that's fair. Um, the Britishness helps with that. Yeah, and then as a Spider Man, uh, I think he does fine. Um, but to be honest with you, the plots they give they've given him all tie, I think, which is the right direction. Which is, oh man, I'm a superhero, but I still have to deal my normal life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and like all the major villains of his movies almost always tie back to mm-hmm. his normal life. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
So like I, I think it's been fine. The way they've set up his structure makes it so you care more about Peter than you do necessarily about Spider Man. Uh, are they gonna which put kind of oh, are they gonna put Miles Morales in these? Hopefully. I can't see uh, why they wouldn't. Because I, I liked the, the Well, the let me tell you, everything's possible now, Andy. <laughs> oh, did Loki be- Oh, did it do a dumb dimension thing? Yeah, that's what most was dumb. <laughs> it all, it also, yeah, it was not dumb. It was, it was how done very well. Not dumb. I mean, Andy, I haven't it watched very it, so good. How can I? Do yeah. It? yeah, but I don't think they did time travel well. I thought that part was dumb. Uh, they specifically talk about time travel and how they did it in Loki. Oh, yeah. Uh, so the uh, okay, and, and you know, so with Loki, this entire thing is time travel creates different multiverses. Uh, well. Time and making different decisions creates multiverses. And time travel is a way you can also go and fix multiverses. Um, but overall, without getting too far into all the plot and all that, it is done very well. Um, it deals with alternate versions of characters really well. Um, do They have enough time to do a little bit of Easter egging. Um, but they, they included the Thanos copter. Yeah, which is kind of funny. <laughs> Uh, uh, but the thing with uh loki that i think was you know it's it's not unsung but really helped tie it all together was uh two things one great cast all the characters that were chosen fit really well and they did their jobs very well Uh, owen wilson uh, owen wilson really trying to steal the show from tom hiddleston hiddleston (laughs) just holding it by a hair's breath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and the music was very good. Every scene and you know with the music that anytime a scene had its music pick up, you were like in it. You weren't just you weren't sitting in your TV. You were standing a couple feet from these characters watching what was happening because you mm. were just pulled in to how good it was. Um, but yeah, I I think it was it, it was done really well and absolutely sets everything else up. Yep. So it ends on a great point to set up phase four, but also just its own show as well, because they announced it will have a season two. The first Marvel show that will have a season two, or at least oh, announced. Oh, really? Okay. Um, yeah, and it also makes me very excited about the What If series that's coming out uh, in August. Yeah. So the next series that comes out, this is a, an animated What If series, which we all kind of thought was like vignettes, right? It was just like, oh, what if... Uh, Sharon Carter became Captain America instead of Steve Rogers. What if, what if um, uh, uh, T'Challa was Star Lord instead of Peter Quill? Mm-hmm. And and you know you thought these would be vignettes, but kind of watching the trailer that came out recently, it almost looks like there's a story there, and yeah. it would and that would make a lot of sense playing into what just happened in Loki, where all of a sudden this multiverse now exists, and this is where we can see kind of all these new things that are happening because of it yeah no i i completely agree with it that's uh that's definitely true and like you know i i know andy you're saying it's a worry because it's suddenly like i'm sure maybe i'm just extrapolating but i'm assuming you don't like multiverses because it makes a lot of decisions meaningless it makes it meaningless yeah i think that's the right way to frame it yeah yeah so i mean i think it makes it meaningless if you can simply say, you know, hey, our story was following this character and oh, look, he died. That's OK, because we're just going to pull in another copy. Now, 
Yes, to be I fair, would, that is what they did with Loki. Right, right, right. <laughs> so here, I'm not. So like, what what I'm trying to say is, yes, it would be bad if all they did was was just like pull in another person and then didn't do anything. Yeah, like they just kind of picked up and just kept running. But um, with the way they handle things in Loki and everything else, there's very much a sense of yes, there is another copy. But it's not the same. It doesn't feel like that's your person that you're following. You're feeling like you're following a completely different character. He has his own. He has his own growth arc and comes to different conclusions in different ways than the original Loki did. Sure. Yeah. And 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 so you know stuff like that. It, because they they were able to have the time to develop this character. Like I don't think. I, so I agree, you know, multiverses have a easy way to become really bad because things don't have meaning. But with the way this is being written and handled, it seems like they're taking the proper care so that the audience doesn't just discard whoever. Mm-hmm. Every Everything kind of matters. There's a scene that happens halfway through where you were, uh, where people just suddenly go, oh, I like this character. And then uh, in the beginning, you're like, I don't think I'd really like this character. But suddenly... Like the character is died. You can spoil. You, you, you can, yeah, you, you can, can say that. So there's this uh, the character Mobius, the one that's played by Owen Wilson. He gets introduced at the beginning, and then halfway through the series, he just dies. <laughs> no, that was uh, actually you know you're right. That is halfway. Yeah. Yeah. So what happens there is you're just like, oh my god, I can't believe they killed him because you know by then you're kind of like growing to really like him and do all, do all this other stuff. And they had literally just said that all these characters are just uh, a different copies. person from a different dimension. Like they're just copies in, from all, you know, another person from a different dimension. So there's there's hundreds of millions of copies of, of this person. But this one died and you cared about it and people were mad about it, right? It, it, mm-hmm. Audience reaction. And when you see them later, you do, you're not excited because you're worried that's not the one you liked, mm-hmm. you know? You're thinking, I, I hope it's this, this is the same one, and it turns out it is. So, um, which is good, right? That's the, your secondary hope of uh, caring. But a lot of that's good. It's, uh, I think it's interesting that way. I'm glad they uh, did it. Al- it also int- <clears throat> it had the first on-screen appearance of uh, Jonathan Majors as He Who Remains, um, who is ostensibly Kang the Conqueror, which is a, a Marvel character who basically institutes multiverse wars. And the last episode is him monologuing for about 30 minutes. Oh, yep. And, and it's fantastic. Oh. I was hanging off every word he was doing. Um, the only one criticism I heard was just that the shot direction was bad, which is like, you know, they, they didn't have a lot of good zooms and fades. It was all kind of shot in a wide, which is fair, but that doesn't affect his acting, which was incredible. It just could have been even more incredible if they really got in and saw all the emoting he was doing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And and I, I like that it sets up this idea too that so Andy, he he's basically this character that discovers the multiverse in a sort of certain way and then controls it. Um it opens this up now to him being other versions of himself in every movie that comes up. Mm. Yeah, because yeah, the the basically the climax of the story is he said, Look, out of all the versions of myself, I'm the good one that tied this down and made one reality. If you kill me, the other versions pop start popping up again, and they are much worse than I am. Oh, okay. And 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 during basically, he's saying that during the war between all his selves, that 
existence was threatened. Every like everything would disappear. Every multiverse, everything that exists would disappear based on the war that they were waging. Is this all part of the comics? Sort of. I mean, you know, it's they they change things here and there, but yeah, like Kang Kang is a multiverse conqueror. He is a person who conquers dimensions. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm glad they did it well, and I'm glad. God, yeah, they can do this well, but they can't do Star Wars well. I don't, <laughs> like, I don't understand. There's so many moving parts when it comes to this franchise. Yet, yeah, they're still executing it well. But, but and Andy, didn't you different see? directors, different yeah. writers, different. Right. But Andy, here's the thing. Remember what we said. You know, maybe we should plan those other movies together. Yeah. Kevin Feige has a timeline for all these movies for Marvel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There is a whiteboard in Kevin Feige's office where if you see it, you are not legally allowed to leave. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't blame him. And it's possible, just not for Blizzard. They have 10 <laughs> years to, to right or wrong, and Jesus Christ. Um, climax is shooting a, a Satan arrow. I don't... We, we did we talked mostly about Loki. I did want to dip in on Black Widow just to say it was a very enjoyable movie. John Harbour and Florence Pugh David stole Harbour. the move. Oh, David Harbour. Thank you. Thank you. David Harbour stole the stole the movie. Um, I'm excited about Florence Pugh being essentially the new Black Widow taking over for ScarJo. Um, she, she she had she just had the right amount of like uh, of uh, like her lines were good. The delivery. I liked everything about it. Yeah, um, I'll I'll agree that uh, Scarlet. Uh, well, it wasn't Scarlet. That David Harbour and Florence Pugh also did a great job, um, mostly because Florence Pugh does a great job of you know being the sister of Scarlett Johansson, uh, Johansson's character, and like poking fun and like having this good chemistry with them while still being like it's it's a believable character in that yeah. type of relationship, and. Um, while being distinctly her own self, like there's not the same. Uh, she, David Harbour does a great job of <laughs> being a stereotypical Russian man, I guess. Is what, but it, they they give they you know they wrote him to be like a nice foil from all the serious situations, while also you know giving him a particular motivation and having him kind of have some character growth throughout the the movie, which is great. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say if there, you know, I put this as a, you know, completely solid movie, maybe not like, you know, not the best of the best, but it, it's a good movie and you can enjoy it. The the only things I'd say that like were lacking were there were certain special effects that could use some more retouching that definitely I noticed. I was like, that wasn't that good looking very um, for, uh, for instance, there's a scene where they get tranquilizer darted and they kind of, when they dart, uh, David Harvard's character they do it in like a comedic way which is fine but they did it in like Ace Ventura style suddenly the dart just kind of flies and zooms into him kind of yeah. like a cartoon <laughs> character and you're like that kind of pulls you away because like, you see like this stretch zoom with the dart kind of coming in and landing in him and you're like that's a weird choice why'd they do it I didn't, way? I didn't notice that but I also watched it on TV as opposed to theater which you did Charles so yeah yeah and you know the only other problem is, um, uh, I think it, they showed the damage they they put on Scarlett Johansson's character Black Widow on some of these scenes were a little bit too extreme for for what they've shown of her to be because yeah. Black Widow is 
interesting and cool for being part of the Avengers, which is a team of invincible monsters, gods, super soldiers, and everything else, and then a normal human that was trained as a spy. Uh, and two an normal humans. <laughs> a man with a bow and arrow he got from uh, the local fitness store. But uh, uh, <laughs> but the thing yeah, was... I, I, yeah. Oh, just let me, let me jump in, Charles. Uh, I, I, ha- I have seen a lot of criticism that if if it was the Black Widow in Endgame that was in the Black Widow movie, she would have survived the fall from Endgame. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yes, because they there are two very distinct scenes that happen in the movie for Black Widow that you're like, she's okay. She's just fine. She just grunted a little. Uh, one, which is she's driving a normal car, not a armored car, not a special car, an SUV, and then a rocket fully hits her driver's side and the car rolls and tumbles and then she just crawls out of it goes oh and then gets up just fine and you're like you're not even like nothing's broken a rocket hits you (laughs) the car literally rolled and almost falls off a bridge there's also there's also another scene where uh, they are in a car and then it basically explodes <laughs> and rolls into a subway seven times. Uh, a passenger door is off and somehow it's still good. Yep. Her and uh, her sister Florence just crawl yeah. out and, and Florence Pugh's character literally just comes out and goes, Ugh, I'm bleeding. <laughs> and then just <laughs> and walks away. <laughs> so, it's, it's fast and furious rules. If you're behind the wheel of a car, you can't be hurt. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, some of these things were odd choices of direction. Like you don't necessarily need that bad of a, you know, this blockbuster style action crash to make the character feel vulnerable. Like they just because it fails when your character just walks away (laughs) from all of it. Right. And it just seems a little bit strange, especially when one of her defining characteristics is that she is a incredible spy, but is also still human. Which is which? You expect her to be just as durable as a human. Mm-hmm. Also, dies from a fall and dies from a fall. <laughs> okay, I, I oh, did. All see- right, there's a third scene that that this is why the <laughs> dies from a fall is so silly. In the first twenty minutes of the movie, she falls. Uh, okay, she's on the rooftop of a building, and the rooftop starts starts crumbling a little bit, and she falls down five stories hits you know the edges of other little outcroppings from the same building like douche 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 as she falls and then lands on her feet <laughs> <laughs> just fine lands on her feet just fine and you're like huh <laughs> i i did see some interesting discussion too that if this movie came out before infinity war or even before endgame i think it would have had more emotional impact, especially because the end credit scene is Florence Pugh at um at uh, Black Widow's grave. Yeah, like after Endgame, so you would have going into Infinity War Endgame with this like she's gonna die. How is she gonna die? You know what I mean? And it kind of creates these stakes that you would have to go. Well, here it's just kind of like oh we feel bad for Florence Pugh's character. It's it's it, I don't know. It, I feel like it would have created an interesting tension if they kept it. But yeah, I I definitely agree. And you know. That would have created some speculation. Like, wait, what if it's not a real grave? Well, she just faked her death, you know, until yeah, the movie yeah. comes out. And you're like, oh, no. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. Uh, all, I mean, I like Charles said, it, it, it does have its problems. I, I think I rated it a little higher than, but definitely bottom of the upper tier 
um, up of uh, or like the high end of the middle tier, right? It's it's in that sweet spot. Like I've seen a lot of people put it like right behind maybe Doctor Strange. Yeah, yeah, that seems fair. That's pretty fair. Yeah. So it was a good it was a good week for Marvel, yeah. and this wait for What If and Shang Shang Chi are going to be real hard for me. I got the shakes already, Marvel. I got <laughs> the shakes. Oh, dude. Well, give me that main Asian protagonist that knows martial arts, and that's his defining trait. <laughs> uh, uh, by the way, just as an aside, uh, one last thing, too, in the Marvel. A lot of things have been coming out, uh, like, side, uh, like, kind of, like, little snippet trailers, like, of Korg from Thor and Deadpool. <laughs> sitting oh, around talking to each other <laughs> like no these are official things yeah um like i think they're doing it for fall guys or free guy which is ryan reynolds movie coming out in august but it's just kind of this weird introduction of deadpool into the mcu and they're pretty funny look look for them if, if you could find them uh hmm. but this has been another episode of add to party uh, I've been your host, James Hartwell, and I got the shakes. Mm. I need it in my veins, Marvel. I need it. <laughs> so, and, I've been and, Charles, and this is Charles Jamont, and I am, I, I honestly, I just can't wait. I want to know more about everything, including Persona. That's it. But I'm definitely looking at Marvel interested. And I've been joined by <laughs> <laughs> Andy K. And I'm. Hoping one of those Persona announcements is not a Persona game. What? Catherine oh. 2. Let's go. Oh, oh. Probably not. Probably really not. Um, also, Catherine. programming note, uh, I will be on vacation next week, and I, generally speaking, host these things. So there may not be a podcast, but there may be a stream, depending on what Charles and Andy want to do. But we will see. Oh, get ready for It Takes Two stream, boys. Oh, that it would be fun. Man, two. I want to watch that. <laughs> Maybe you should stop snorkeling and get in. <laughs> Scuba diving. It's cooler. I have oxygen strapped to me. Ooh. <laughs> have a good night, everyone. Yep. Have night. a good night.